Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Rail. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics we'll explore, remember that the areas you're moving into are always most important. Always prepare for what you're about to do and always know what's happening while you're doing it. That's how you move to protect others and yourself. Now, from headquarters, here's our host, Jason Francis. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Rail. Who do we got today, Travis? Today we have our president of our van group, Don Ingersoll. How you doing, Don? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. First off, how did you uh, get into the industry? Where did where did this all? How did this all start? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, when I was going to college, the summer uh, of my college, uh, my freshman year, I came back to my family's from Northwest Indiana, so I came and um, was looking for a job over the summer to try to make some money. And I saw there was a small trucking company in Northwest Indiana that had a sign that said, we need somebody to wash trucks. So I came in, uh, applied for that, and started talking to a guy in the lobby, and we were chatting for a while, and it turned out he was the owner of the company. And said, so, you know what, why don't we have you come in and try to have, be kind of a floater and look into, work in a different area. So he brought me in every summer through, when I was going through school, I'd come in and I would work in recruiting or help sales or operations and do different things, and it kind of got in my blood. And so I got out of college um, did some different interviews and decided actually trucking is what I really enjoyed. And so I got into it, um, right out of school and have, uh, you know, 23 years later, here I am, you know, with rail, couldn't be happier. What'd you go to school for? I was, uh, went to school for management and industrial engineering was my minor at Purdue University. Okay. Yeah. And I, out of, out of college, I started with JB Hunt in uh, dedicated operations for the first four years then went into intermodal. I, I got to um, admit, I did a little snooping. You were yeah. at J.B. Hunt for 13 years, yeah. man. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah, long time, long time. But we were in uh, Chicago for most of that and then moved to Arkansas for a year, then Los Angeles. Uh, then I wanted to get back to the Midwest. We, you know, wife and I had a, our first son and decided to take a job with XPO Logistics in Columbus, Ohio. So moved, made the change back and spent four years in Columbus. And then the draw to get back up to Northwest Indiana with two young kids, we decided we we made the change and rail was a great opportunity was there and you know it's it's all history from there what was it about rail other than the location that drew you you know it's funny talking to rick talking to everybody as i was going through the interview process the people are just fantastic i mean just really nice care about you is, is personal and the, and just when you when you go to the when i go to a terminal whether it be in you know atlanta or gary or dallas people have such pride for the company <clears throat> which is just not common in the industry so that just really drew me in once I once I got to visit and spend some time face to face with everybody. I was like, this is just a perfect fit. Well, we've got such a good system and our yeah. values and the Safe Seven and all that stuff. Absolutely, it's, it's so not unique. everywhere. Yeah, no, it's so unique. I mean, I work for two of the largest um, public trucking companies or just transportation companies in the in the country and uh, great companies, but it's very unique here how we do the Safe Seven and um, you know going through all the training that we go through with safety and it's just a, people talk safety all the time. But it truly is a cornerstone value here, and it's that's what's it's fun, you know, and, and it's it's something I take pride in when I'm in front of customers, and you know I spend a lot of time in front of customers now with our sales team, and it's a lot of talking about safety and how, you know, you hear it, you tell the customer you hear it from other carriers, but we truly believe it here and we live it every day. 
it's very rare you see somebody acting unsafe. I mean, they just always have a good following distance, doing the right things, and it's, uh, it's that's can make me happier. And if there are drivers out there driving our trucks not doing that stuff, they're not doing what we want them to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and we have a good, you know, good systems with coaching with, you know, our fleet management team is fantastic with coaching with drivers and not just coming down on somebody, but really having a conversation. And, you know, with the, even with the videos that we have, the cameras we have that you can, you know, sometimes when you send that to one of our drivers and they take a look, you, you can be so engaged in the day-to-day of driving the truck, but once you have a view of what happened, you know, in that in that instance, you can kind of step back and say, "Wow, maybe I should have gotten off the power there." Or, you know, done something a little differently. So I think that's really powerful. And don't get ahead of themselves. Right. Uh, be in the moment. Be aware. Yeah, I mean, r- when it comes down to it, most of the time when things happen, it's because somebody's rushing and trying to, you know, get ahead, or I'm going to get beat traffic, or do these different things. But the most important thing out there, we can move all the loads in the world. It doesn't matter if somebody's. We just need to be safe, you know, and take care of people so everybody's getting home. That's the most important thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Taking your time and not getting into a rush is just couldn't be more important. Absolutely. Appointments can always be worked around. We can always yeah. make adjustments and stuff. The safety is obviously the most important thing. Yeah. So you have this fancy title, President <laughs> of the Van Division. Mr. President. Mr. Yes. President. There will. we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came from the driver's side of things. Mm-hmm. Um there's lots of roles up here in the office that, as a driver, I didn't know existed. Yeah. Um, you know, you got you got fleet managers, which we're intimately familiar with. Of course. And then then you might know your fleet operations manager who's in charge of the fleet manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does the president of the van division, what does your role encompass? I mean, what? You know, just kind I, of I, I just, I try to. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, the drivers are what's the only reason that I have a job or any of us really have jobs is because what the driver is doing out there in front of our customers. So, you know, my job is just try to make things get as much freight as we possibly can to make sure we're doing the right things, have the right customers, um, and, and then just make sure where the team is doing everything we possibly can to support our drivers, you know, with whether that be with customer service or our fleet management team and just to make sure that we're consistent, you know, and doing the right things. But you know, overall, it's looking a lot of, especially now when the economy's kind of slowed down a bit, we're really looking at customers. Who do we want to partner with? What are the right customers that we want to be be there in the long run with? You know, and who's going to support us so we can support them? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of different things like that. You know, working with our sales team, with pricing, we've got a lot of bids in house now with different customers that are looking for us to price different lanes. You know, making sure that we're um, and we we have a great pricing team, but just making sure that we're you know pricing and doing it correctly with the right customers and who we want to partner with. So you mentioned the economy as it is. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that we're facing right now? Well, you know, freight has slowed down, obviously. Is there um, is there a reason why freight has slowed down? You know, I think people have interest rates going up, people buying homes and remodeling homes has, has definitely slowed. But even prior to that, there was a big buildup in inventories with, you know, some of our big retailers, you know, your Targets, your Walmarts of the world. I mean, they have just a, a ton of inventory. Uh, and then s- purchasing slowed down. And so they're sitting on this inventory, which obviously we're, our main job is to replenish that inventory. When the inventory is not moving, it slows everything down. And we've seen that start to improve now where inventories are starting to come down. So there's starting to be some more reordering. You know, you're getting some uh, business picking up, like in areas like the Southeast that was r- really slow for quite a while. Um, you know, and some of these these things are cyclical. 
where we, we, we had really good times. There was so much freight. There wasn't a lot of capacity. Um, and now that has, has changed a little bit. So we've got to be really strategic on who we partner with and which customers that we, uh, we work with, that we don't get too leveraged with some real big mega shippers in certain areas that all of a sudden their volume goes down and we're, you know, we're left. We're trying to really diversify and make sure that we have a good customer base that we can, uh, that we can leverage. So what can our, our, our drivers are the front line. They're, Absolutely. they're yeah. meeting the customers. They're the face that the customer sees. What can our drivers do? What's, what's the really important thing? What can our drivers do to help with this? You know, I think just to be professional as they are, it's funny. I, I spend a lot of time in front of customers and never, never, I can say that I can think of here, negative comments about our drivers. I mean, so that, that's just the professionalism when you go and get in front of a customer, even though some of them might not be, you know, that pleasant. You know, I know, you know, I've been on site at distribution centers and have dealt with guards and all kinds of things that may not be as pleasant, but, you know, just to kind of portray that you're, you know, you're, you're rail, I mean, to that, to that customer. And this communication, if we have, you know, services as important now as it ever has been, um, probably back into my career. So we just need to make sure that we're doing things and communicating. I mean, we deal with trucks and trailers and tires and things break down, things happen. You know, people can oversleep sometimes and that just happens. But the more we communicate and the quicker we can get ahead of it in front of the customer and say, hey, our driver's running behind 30 minutes um, or an hour. He's supposed to be there at 2 o'clock. Is it okay if we get there at 3 o'clock? If we have that conversation at 10 in the morning versus having that conversation, trying to call them at 5 p.m. to say, hey, by the way, or worst case scenario, have a customer call us. Hey, where's the where's the truck at? You know, that's what we can avoid because those are catastrophic failures. And we just want to be the... We want to be the easy button for our customers, where they know they give it to rail and it's going to be done on time, safely, and they can expect their product. Right on. I'm I'm on the phone with drivers every day, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm constantly telling them service is basically the only thing that we have to sell, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's other trucking companies out there that have good equipment. There's other trucking companies that are more than willing to haul the same freight. Yeah. But where we stand above them is our service. Mm-hmm. So we need to be on time as much as possible. And like you said, the communication thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going back to the uh, whole desynchronization of things, the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really just that, right? A desynchronization. And when things like COVID happen or, you know, things that are disruptive, right. that, it disrupts the supply chain, yeah, right? Just, I mean, there's a typical cycle, you know, where um, each business unit will have, peaks and valleys based on what's happening. But yeah, when, when you had something like with the pandemic, that really threw everything off. And then a, a lot of it has been catch up since then. And people working from home have started to, all right, you know, there a lot of people working from home, so they wanted to improve their houses, which created a bunch of, you know, purchases at home improvement stores and, you know, different things. There's uh, there's still a lack of housing in the, in the country. So I think that will come back. It's just interest rates are tampering that down now. So, yeah, that did throw things into flux. And I think now we're probably getting back into more of a normal cycle. Um, but, you know, we're seeing out there with rates, um, with what, what some carriers are offering with customers of rates and decreases, and we look at our costs, and we buy very well. We buy tires well. We buy trucks well. We have a good name in the industry. Our costs continue to rise, and this is a lot of the, the messaging I give in front of our customers, that our costs continue to rise. And so when I'm, you know, we're charging customers for certain freight, we can't continue to go down because at some point it's, it doesn't it doesn't make financial sense and you know i think unfortunately there's a lot of carriers out there that probably aren't as understand the business as well as we do and 
are getting themselves in a very bad spot. So as those companies will potentially you know, go, go under, um, I think we've got another opportunity to grow. And so that's what we've really focused on is not what's happening right now. We're trying to diversify our customer base and grow more customers, but then also be prepared as things do turn. That might be later on this year. And we're starting to see a little improvement now. Um, I, I would think, you know, my view is definitely in the next year, I think we'll see improvement. We want to continue to grow and, you know, do the right thing so that we're there for those customers once, you know, these other carriers kind of fall by the wayside. Have we developed any relationships like pre-pandemic that maintained a synchronicity through that desynchronizing of the supply chain? We do what we say we're going to do. So if we come to somebody and say that we're going to, we're going to move X amount of loads and here's the price and, and we're going to do it, what a lot of carriers did is once they saw that the capacity had really tightened, that they went back and said, hey, if you, if you can't give me another 20% increase, we're not going to haul it. Or they just pulled the trucks completely and sent them over here because they can make more money over here. We're more of a partner, long-term strategic player with these customers. So we, we just did what we said we're going to do. We had good communication with them. Um, and I think that gave us a lot of, uh, they, they appreciate that. And we're seeing it now where we don't have customers that are just playing the market nonstop. And we have really good partnerships with a lot of our big shippers that have been with us. And they know as things turn and change and ebb and flow, which the industry does, that we're going to do the same thing for them. And they can depend on us. And we want to be able to depend on them. Yeah, and as we move into, you know, we got the inflation of the money, the devaluation yeah. of it, rising prices, wars, you know, pandemics. Right. It's really important to build those relationships so we can reduce that any desynchronization in that supply yeah. chain. Well, you need to build the trust both ways. And so they need to trust us. And we have to trust them that they're going to be there for us, you know. And so I think that's that's important. And we, we do that very, very well. And we've done a great job with our customer service team. The relationships they have with customers, um, our drivers, like I mentioned, I always hear positive things whenever I go to customer meetings. You know, that's just all those things mean all that. All that means a lot. And so as things change, I mean, that's, you know, do you want to deal with a carrier that really hasn't been servicing you at all or because they offered a lower rate or do you want to handle, you know, stick with rail because they know that you can bank on them and you know they're going to be there? I, I love that. That whole loyalty thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. i I'm playing a whole apples and oranges here, you know. I play in a band, yeah. And a lot of a lot of musicians in the area will literally cancel on a bar and go play someplace else that offered them more money, right? And I think that is the lowest lowest form. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I, I, I hate that. I mean, I know it's completely a whole different it's, playing it's field, not, but it's not though because people, but people, the owner of that one bar might buy another one, buy three more. And, the, and your your name follows you, so you do something like that one time, that could follow you elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I mean that it's it's very similar. We just you want to be people know they can bank on you. And, I've, and that's I've had the offers. You know, we got a we got a show book for, you know, X amount of dollars here at Billy Joe Billy Joe's bar, and then the county fair offers us three times as much, and I have yeah. to I have to say no because I have already committed to this yeah. one. So. Yeah. That's yeah. stability, and that and that stability that we create here at Rail and that you create for your band, uh, it it gives your band stability, the people in the band. And th- mm-hmm. in our case, it gives the drivers stability. Absolutely. So it's a good place to be. Absolutely. Yeah, and we've had, I mean, and I know our drivers are getting a lot, you know, other carriers will call them and say, we've got more miles here, we've got more, you know, we'll pay more here. And we've had, uh, and I can't remember the number, but the drivers that have less, that left us over the last probably 30, 60 days, the number of rehires we have that have come right back because the people just aren't truthful about what they can expect from another carrier. And um, so, you know, we're, 
every carrier out there, no matter what they say, are, are dealing with very similar challenges right now. You know, I think we're weathering the storm better than most. And I think with every, all the bids we have in-house, I think we're, we're in a really good spot uh, to really pull out of this and, you know, be there once we the things start to improve. Cool. Speaking of driver retention, mm-hmm. I'm not asking for specific numbers off the top of your head, but how are we doing stacked up to other companies? I mean, you probably have the numbers. Yeah. Off the top of well, your head. yeah. I mean, compared, compared to other companies, I, th- I mean, we're doing, we do much better. I mean, I think we have, you know, our drivers, you know, and I know where I, where I've been, which are great companies too, but you know, a lot of times a driver is just a number, a truck number or an alpha code or, you know, not a name. And a, you know, I, th- I think we have, it's more of a, it's family. I mean, I mean, really. So I think overall that helps. Um, Obviously, we've gone through the last couple of years a lot of you know pay changing, just pay adjustments to try to remove some challenge points you know from where where drivers had some uh, frustrations. So we've really spent a lot of time there trying to make sure that we're addressing those. I would say overall in the industry we do much better than the industry average substantially, probably twenty um, percent better than the industry average. I would say as far as turnover goes, but um, we're you know we're seeing we're seeing as as Productivity has been down because volumes have been down. You, we do see turnover ticking up. Um, and all we can do is make sure that we're communicating about what's really going on in the industry and that this will, this too shall pass. You know, we see a lot of improvements and, you know, we see the, I see, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a matter of getting there and then we're going to be in great shape once we are. But yeah, we've done a good job over my tenure. I mean, the, and, and this is, has nothing to do with me. It's just the team and, and the relationships that our fleet managers... Well, don't managers, say nothing. Well, I'm sure it has something to do with no, you. I mean, our, our fleet managers have a, do, do an excellent job with great relationships with their with their drivers. And, you know, I think they've uh, really... You know, we have a good relationship, so that's helped to drive our turnover down over the last few years. And that mentality of uh, we see them as individuals, as right. people with families, yeah. and uh, that, that whole mindset mm-hmm. is what enables us to kind of dig deeper or yeah. like, you know, go, go the extra mile to yeah. find out how to help that driver be successful. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's, that's what we, if we don't have drivers, we don't have anything. So n- none of this, none of this matters. So we have to make sure that we're always, everything we do is focused on taking care of our drivers and, you know, supporting them so they can, we can have this company, this great family that we have. And then the drivers have to do their part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It all, it all goes, I mean, it, it all, it all goes together. It's a team, you know, you know, the drivers want to be safe. We want to communicate. We want to do, you know, wake up on time and, you know, do all the things we need to do to service our customers. And then really the operations side, we just need to, you know, be there to support and try to make it the drivers as productive as we possibly can. That's safe. Whole, and keep all this stuff organized behind the scenes. Absolutely. That whole family feeling that you mentioned mm-hmm. is, is strange. You know, it's, it's cool that you mentioned that. It's been mentioned several times by a bunch of people. And... I kind of can vouch for that myself. I worked for a large carrier at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, I worked for a large carrier, and it was awful. I hated it. Um, I, I got out of that, and I worked for a very small company here in Wisconsin out of Vesper. Mm-hmm. And then Rail bought that small company out, so I tell everybody I was drafted. You know, <laughs> free um, agent. Yeah. We, we've all heard that story here on the podcast a couple yeah. times. But I tell everybody I was drafted, and and my first initial thought was, oh my god, another big company. I can't yeah. do this. But it's I've been here ten years now, and it it feels much the same as that small company did. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knows who I am. You know, they they don't. When I was out driving, they would answer the phone, hey, Jason, what's up? You right. know, it was not, 
Hey truck fourteen ninety two. What's up? You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was not like that. You know, it's it's been a good experience. So I'm yeah. pretty happy here. Why well, can't other companies do that? Well, it's 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 not a priority. You know, I, I think it's uh, it's all about transactions. You know, it's funny because we obviously record all the calls here. So I spend a lot of time um, when I have opportunity just to kind of listen to calls of how things are going and just how we're coaching, how we're interacting. And you're right. Mo- I would say. Nine out of ten calls, when somebody, when a driver calls in, the fleet manager, they talk, but it's not just talk. They actually know something about them personally, which is just to me is is huge. I mean, because you want to have that personal um, connection. I think that's a that's a big deal, and it just shows that you're not just a truck number. Because I know where I've come from before. It was you know somebody would call in and they would just ask what truck number. Don't even want to hear your name. Just what's your truck number? <laughs> you know. It just seems it's like a human thing, right? So yeah. Like, why doesn't yeah. everybody do this? Yeah, I, it's 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 hard to say. You know, where I've come from, it's funny. One of the biggest changes I had when I came here is on Monday morning calling in, whether I'm talking to Rick or or anybody. You 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 know, call somebody and the immediate comment was, "How was your weekend?" You know, and they would say that at previous places I've worked too is, "How's your weekend?" But the reality is, they don't really care how your weekend is. They want to get to the point of what they're they're calling about. <laughs> we're here. It's more of a pause of. And I've had to slow myself down, too, and just say, oh, well, here's what I did. And people are truly interested in, how was your weekend? What, what did you do? How was the family? You know, I think that's just makes such a difference with just how you feel about the company and your and uh, just the family atmosphere. And I always get from drivers that I talk to, well, not always, but often, it's hard to get in small companies. And mm-hmm. rail, we've got the capacity. We've got the trucks with that same feel of mm-hmm. that company that is yeah. small and doesn't have as many trucks to fill. But when you can see that, I mean, even walking around, you know, when I'm in Gary, just the interactions with our maintenance team and the drivers, and it's not transactional of, you know, it's it's just there are people out there just talking all the time, just constantly interacting. How are things going? It's not just a, you know, what's wrong with your truck? Let me get it fixed. And three days later, the driver's still sitting there waiting for their truck to get fixed. I mean, it's a, it's and it's it's consistent everywhere I go, whether it be you know Conley or. Gary or Appleton or you know here in Marshfield and so it's a yeah it's it's, it's a great relationship. We had a we had Chris Anderson on the yeah. podcast here, and he explained a lot about the maintenance team that I didn't even know. I've been here for years and I didn't know half of that stuff. The mm-hmm. maintenance team is fantastic. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I could tell you where I have been in the past. You know, you go get a service done, and it's measured in days. And sometimes it'd be two three days the truck would be down. And here it's measured in hours to minutes yeah. of how quickly they could, they turn it. Um, and, and it's, uh, I think one of the most impressive things about us is obviously our safety and then maintenance and the quality of our equipment and just how focused our maintenance team is on getting things fixed and repaired and making sure they're up and running as quickly as possible. I mean, that's, uh, it's as impressive as anything I've ever seen. And these are the kind of things that, uh, take us and make us better than that small company. Oh yeah. This kind of stuff is like go rail right yeah yeah well you, you see you, some we've had a lot of drivers leave and go to companies and they get there and the truck is falling apart and you know the tr- in the shop every other week and so they can offer you you know all kinds of you know how much money per per mile but at the end of the day if you're only getting 500 miles a week because you're stuck in the shop i mean that's a that's that's not that doesn't work that math doesn't work so sure. um, and it just shows they don't whether they don't care or they just don't have the funds to care but that's uh I, mean, I think we do, and Rick, you know, to his credit, no matter whether whether the market's up or down, we just consistently are updating our our equipment and making sure that we have good equipment, and then investing in our in our maintenance team, which is the best. I can say 100 percent the best in the best in the country for sure. We're investing in all the groups. All the groups. Yeah, 
everything Technology, is pretty strong everything. here. Yeah. 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 So is there anything else you want to talk about rail related? Yeah, any? drivers out there listening. No, I just I mean just the appreciation. I mean, I know I know things are 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 tough, especially, you know, there's markets. It seems like it's been kind of like a game of whack-a-mole where all of a sudden the northeast was really strong and then it had slowed down and so we're constantly trying to shift and figure out how we get more freight and just know that we're out there to support you. We're working as hard as we can to get more freight and it's 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 coming. There's a lot of a lot of work being done, you know, and I uh Anytime we have somebody sitting, I can tell you from the operations team and customer service, it drives everybody crazy. So we're really focused on that, and I, I see a lot of good things coming. And, you know, I appreciate everybody and the, the safety and just what they do for the company. Right on. Yeah, so. wheels turning, spinning. That's that's uh, that's money for that's all of, of us. Game. That's, that's, the name that's of the how game. we do absolutely. make our livings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right on. So we're going to make a left turn here and get to know you a little bit. All right. All right. On your free time, although as busy as you are here, I don't know how you have free time, but what do you like to do on your free time? So uh, I, I have – my wife and I have a two – I have an 11-year-old boy and an 8-year-old boy. They both play soccer and basketball. So essentially my weekends are spent at soccer fields baking in the sun or freezing in northwest Indiana or <laughs> somewhere in Indiana. You do um, the uh, spray-on sunscreen? Oh, constant. constant. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's so easy. Got the, yeah. does the hair, too. You can kind of style your hair with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't have much hair, so that's, I don't awesome. need to worry about that too much. But, um, yeah, so a lot of it's spent on uh, – spent, you know, doing those things, which are great. You know, they're sure. they're young, growing, so it's uh, – I'm sure it, it's going to go fast, as everybody tells me. Um, and just spending time with family. Mine, mine, are, mine are all grown up and moved out, and my youngest one got married a month ago. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah, yeah it goes by quick. Yeah. It goes by quick. My yeah. daughter is actually a truck driver. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Does she listen to the podcast? Uh, sometimes she nice. makes fun of me. Uh, is she working for rail? <laughs> Unfortunately not. Oh, what the heck? And, work on that. And you guys missed out on that. Yeah. She got her CDL when she was 19, and she wanted to come here, uh-huh. but we wouldn't hire her because she wasn't 21. Wow. Yeah. So she went to work for Menards, and then okay. and now she works for Fleet Farm, you know. Okay. And she's got a home daily kind of deal, and she's loving it. But so, other than soccer games, yeah. What else do you guys like to do? You know, we uh, yeah, we tra- we love to travel. Travel when time allows. I mean, I travel a lot for work, so uh, when I have those breaks that so we can just get away from this, the soccer and basketball chaos, we like to just get out and travel where we where we can spend you know spend some time together so any any really <laughs> cool destinations you've been to or maybe a bucket list destination you want to yeah. go to uh you know we love uh i was last year we took a trip to paris and iceland um we originally it was my wife it was our 15 year anniversary so i had a trip scheduled to iceland and then the world shut down i rebooked it three times and we decided you know we can't go without the boys and so we rebooked it, and it wasn't very much more, more money to add an extra stop on. So we spent some days in Paris and then um, Iceland, which was just unbelievable. So I think that was one of the coolest places I've been, just because the, the scenery is – it's like you're landing on the moon. It's just yeah. un, unlike any place else you could ever imagine. I was going to say, did you go see Reykjavik and all the oh, yeah. the volcanoes and stuff? The volcanoes, the the natural spas, the, the, the waterfalls are – Unbelievable. So I, have, a, I have never been. I wish I had. I yeah. have been to Paris, however. Yeah. You guys uh, relax in the hot springs? Oh, yeah. That yeah. sounds fun, yeah. yeah. Well, we So we were relaxing while the boys were splashing and driving everybody else crazy that was there trying to relax. So that's, that's what it is. That's how it works. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Any bucket list destinations you want to go to? Jeez. Um, you know, I don't know. There, I, I, I've never been to... Asia, like Thailand, and I mean, there's a lot of places I'd love to go. But 
a lot of the, a lot of the parks in the in the U.S. are you know we've spent a little time at them, but um, well, I'd love to really go spend some more time you know in the out west and you know going to different national parks and and things. I highly encourage the national park system. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. Being a veteran, you can get mm-hmm. a lifetime pass for the mm-hmm. national parks, and it's not even very expensive. You yeah. know, so. I, I went ahead and did that, of course, and I've been hitting everyone that I possibly can. I'm always out on a motorcycle yeah. traveling to one or another, you know. So Well, you have to check out, have you been to the Indiana Dunes National Park? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So we live right by that, so I go hiking out there all the time. I actually checked great. that out while I was doing a reset at, at, at Gary. At Gary? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's real close. Yeah. We, it's real close. Yeah, it's we, a hidden gem. We've had some, we've had some good times in Gary. I, I'm a big proponent. You know, you're in a truck all the time, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you get stuck someplace and have to do a 34 hour reset, guys, guys call me all the time. I'm so bored. Why do we got to do this? I'm like, go out and do something. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, yeah, it costs l- it costs a little bit of money, but you can get an Uber, you can get a taxi, mm-hmm. train, whatever. You know, yeah. go go do something. I was always out being a tourist on my 34-hour recess. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it might as well. I mean, I was uh, actually born in Gary. I lived in Gary until I was probably, I don't know, was probably a year old. And then we moved to a different area of northwest Indiana. But yeah, there's some cool spots. There's like Miller Beach there. There's mm-hmm. a nice little beach area and then the dunes right there. So, yeah, it's a nice area. The last last time I had some time to kill in Gary, I went to the – Big museum, the the shed museum or mm-hmm. shed aquarium, aquarium yeah. and and the museum right next door. Museum of Science and well, there's the yeah the natural history yeah one. natural history yeah. One, yeah that was amazing. I I wanted to go to Navy Pier too, but I spent mm-hmm. so much time in the mother two that I never made it. Well, we're not yeah, and, and I know they're they're doing a bunch of uh, work on the South Shoreline, the train that goes from Gary down downtown. But that's I think I think you can get the train right downtown. That's still operating, but they're doing a lot of work to it. But yeah, it's easy, easy commute down there. Right on. So what do you think, Travis? Are we ready for the dinner question? Roll it out. All right. We got a survey question we've been asking everybody. All right. It's a very important survey question. It's, it, we've been getting some interesting answers. If you can, if you could have a dinner party with any three people in the world, alive or dead, doesn't matter, who would those three people be and why? Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that is a curveball. Um... I would say one would definitely be Walter Payton. Grew up a Bears fan, just of the running back. Love, yeah, yeah, love, love Walter Payton. I think of a historical figure that that is so tough because there's so many people. There's so many, isn't it? <laughs> so many people. Um, you know, my mom passed away uh, probably ten years ago, so I think that'd be a, that'd be a obviously. She'd be a personal list. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, I would say, who else would be on that? Somebody, a historical figure. I don't know, like maybe Washington, just to. G Dub. G Dub. I think you'd have there to go. go. Yeah, Kevin original. Leaders, yeah. actually. Kevin yeah, Leaders said his. that. Too. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes I, think, uh, I think that would be, those would be the three for right now. All right. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Keeping It Rail. Keep the shiny side up and the dirty side down. Be safe out there, y'all. Thanks for being here, Don. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate the invite. Thanks for listening. <laughs>